Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. You'll be set your difficulties that you've been through is God's trying to purge something out of you that you wouldn't let go of. And I pray that you don't have to totally burn out. You could call upon Jesus anytime. He's there. So I want you to look at Matthew 14, 22, because Matthew recorded a little bit more about what happened that night than what Mark wrote. Matthew 14, 22, And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And five hours later, when? Immediately, right? Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Problem's over. Then those who were in the boat came and worshiped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. Guys, if it took all that to get somebody to say this, don't you think it's worth it? There's some of us going through a mess, and we're not saying, truly, you are the Son of God. There's been times I've worried about my health, my payments on financial things. I need to get down and say, you're the Son of God. There's nothing you can't handle. But here, if I were Peter, I think I'd be thinking, hey, man, what do you mean little faith? I'm the only one of us 12 that even got out of the boat. Who are you saying little faith? I'm the one that got out. But Peter did lose his focus when he looked at the wind. The problem here is that he focused on the problem and not the Lord. He focused on the mess, not the Lord God. How many of you today, your mind is every waking moment fixated on your problems all day long, and the Lord God gets no part of you at all? He was fixated on the problem, and that's when he sank into the very trouble that he was afraid of. Friend, when you're drowning in trouble, chances are it's because that's all you're giving your resources to. That's all you're giving your thoughts to. Your whole focus is on that problem. Well, Ray, you don't understand. I don't have to understand. The Lord understands. Let him take over. He sank into the very trouble he was afraid of. So I'm going to ask you a question. Are you drowning in trouble? Is your mind always going round and round and round the problem? Are you always looking at the waves? Are you always looking at the wind? Oh, all this stuff's going on. Jesus right there saying, dude, look at me, man. I'm right here. Oh, but all this stuff's good. You know, you know we do it. I do it. I ask forgiveness for doing it. We do it. Does the problem keep you up at night? 
does the problem swim through your thoughts all night long? Does the problem own you? And you've been trying so hard to fight it for so long, and you just can't seem to get to the other side, to the destination where you need peace. A little advice, redirect your focus to Jesus, and just like the text says, immediately he will stretch out his hand and catch you. This is the Jesus of the Bible. This is not the Superman Jesus that bails you out every little nitpicking thing you get into to where you go, thanks, now get out of my life. I'm going on to the next thing. No, the Lord wants your thoughts. He wants your focus. He wants your vision. He wants you. But I'm having trouble. The trouble is to burn you out, to snap you out of it. So you will look at him. That's what it's for. If you're in trouble and you're wondering why Jesus hadn't just swooped in to save you from it yet, then maybe it's because he's waiting on you. He's waiting on you to be burned out of all the pride you've got, all the fear you're still carrying. As long as the problem owns your focus, you will sink into it. I, I've, I've always had this saying, whoever you hate owns you. If they're swimming in your head at night, they own you. They control your behavior. They control whether you're happy or not. And that's not just people, that's circumstances too. Whatever swims through your head, whatever problem that dominates your mind, it owns you. You don't need to let that own you. Let the Lord own you. Give this trouble to the Lord God. But so many people, they make the mistake of praying. I think they, a lot of people make mistaken prayers. They say, oh, Lord, get rid of the problem. Lord, make the problem go away. Oh, God, when are you going to take away the trouble? Oh, this trouble, Lord, get rid of it. When our prayers are all about the trouble, when trouble preoccupies your prayer life, then that means your focus is more on the problem than it is on Jesus. We need to be praying Jesus. We need to be praying peace. We need to be praying, Lord, give me a better Christian witness to my friends. Don't just always make it about the problem, the problem, the problem, the problem. Because as soon as he takes the problem away from you, you know what you're going to do? You're going to ignore him. If God just got rid of our trial, then he would be removing the process that is required for his power to be made perfect in your weakness. You need that process. You need that burnout time. There's still more, oh, there must still be more pride in me somewhere. The Lord's still burning it out. Don't just go, Lord, just get rid of the problem. There's a process in here. So did you notice that the wind ceased when Jesus got into the boat? And then Jesus got him to the other side. This means that Jesus had control of the situation the entire time. He had control the entire time. At any time, he could have commanded the wind to stop blowing. But the disciples needed that whole night of straining at the oars before they would finally come to realizing that they needed to say, Truly, you are the Son of God. It took all that to get them there. Friends, God always gets glorified on the other side of, a tr of trial, just like how God was glorified after Jesus died and rose again. But you see, the disciples, if they had rode to the other side on their own power, you know what they would have done? They would have glorified in themselves. We made it, men. I told you we could do it. God doesn't want you thinking like that. So if you're stuck in a rut, you're stuck in a mess, it's because he's trying to burn the glory out of you. 
so that you can give it all to him. Jeremiah 9.23 says, Thus says the Lord. This means I didn't say it, okay? Thus says the Lord. I'm thankful it's there. Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might, nor let the rich man glory in his riches. But let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me that I am the Lord. You're not. He is. Amen? Good stuff. That is good. But I hope you saw that in order for Peter to come to Jesus, they first had to let go of those oars. They had to change course, but then they got to a point to let him in. They had to let go. Let go of the oars. Not to mention, Peter had to let go of the whole boat when he got out to walk on the water. He means he had to leave it. Leave it. You see, Peter's experience that all he knew how to do was in that boat. It was at the oars. That's where Peter's strength was applied at. It was in the boat where Peter did things his way. That boat represented my way in that boat. And he had to leave all of it. Friends, you want to get right with the Lord? You need to leave every ounce of, I know what I'm doing. You got to walk away from it. Well, I'll walk away from all of it, but this little piece right here I'm keeping because that's mine. Nope. You need to give it all to the Lord. Let him have it. Let him have it all. All of it. You know, when I give myself to my wife, I gave myself to her at marriage. I didn't sit down after marriage and go, okay, now you get me six nights a week, but on the seventh night, I'm going to go hang out with that other gal over there. I'll see you six days a week, though. No, ma'am. No, sir. All in. You give the Lord God all of yourself, every bit of it. It was in that boat where, G- where Peter did things his way. Now, this my way, my rules, my thing, I want to show you something in Matthew 7. There's a lot of people, it says, in Matthew um, th- uh, It's Matthew 7, 21. I don't think I have the passage up here, but it's Matthew 7, 21. There's a lot of people that are going to show up and say, hey, w- look at all the stuff we did. Look at how good we are. We did all these things. I, I went to church one time or twice or whatever. I, 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 was not, I helped an old lady cross the street. I did a lot of good things, Lord. So here I am. I'm ready to go into heaven. And Jesus is going to tell all these people, he's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you, you who practice iniquity. That word iniquity, you know what iniquity means? Iniquity means my way. He says, get out of here. All of you that did everything your way, you never did it my way, you need to leave. I never knew you. Guys, that's going to be the shock of somebody's existence to have to hear those words. They never did what he wanted, but what they wanted. You know, we're pretty bad about thinking, if I could just make more money, I could fix everything. If I could just get that health care package, I could fix everything. If I could just get that raise, I could fix everything. If I could just get that new car, I could fix everything. If I could just get that bigger house, I could fix everything. I, how, how long do you want me to go? I could fix it if I just had this. And he's not going to let you have it. And he's sitting there watching you. And you could call anytime. Anytime. We're bad about that. That is your death grip on those oars. Trying to do it your way. You can't do it your way and be allowed in. So I say turn to Jesus and let go. Let go. Oh, but if I do that, I might lose everything. Yeah, you probably might. And a lot of it you probably should. But I want you to think about Peter. Did Peter really need a boat when he walked on water? 
He didn't need a boat. I'd love to walk on water. Here, hey, we got a boat. I don't need it. <laughs> you got a death grip on things you don't really need if you've got the Lord, friends. That's what I'm trying to say. He had to abandon, he had to leave his own way behind. He had to abandon all of his understanding. He had to abandon his way of doing things to come to Jesus Christ. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. This come to me that Jesus said, this requires, the, here comes that bad word again, repentance. You've got to make a course correction. I want to ask some of you, you've got to make a course correction. You've got to turn to Jesus, and then you've got to let go of your oars, and you've got to get out of your boat. And even that's not enough. Because once you leave your way behind, you need to commit your focus to remain on Jesus Christ. His way. If you do that, then according to the Word of God that we have read today, even if your problem does not immediately go away, because sometimes they don't immediately leave, you will walk through it to where the Lord God is glorified on the other side. It's not about you. It's about, does God get glory? It's not about, oh Lord, me. Why don't you pray, oh Lord, you, and glorify Him at the end of it? Proverbs fourteen twelve. There's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Let me give you some Christian 101. Whatever you think is right, you probably shouldn't do. Why don't you just put it before the Lord and pray and say, God, what should I do about this? And let him talk to you. You got to be in his word, be prayerful. Whatever you think is right, that's probably not right. And that's the way our world is today. Everybody's saying, oh, do what you think is right, man. And we'll try to fix this mess we're in. We'll just elect the right guy this time. My party will finally make it in next time, and we'll fix this big mess. No, we won't, because nothing's working. We're getting nowhere. We're rowing, and we're rowing, even this nation as a whole, you individually, and you're getting nowhere. This world is straining harder and harder, but it never makes it to the other side, because you know what? This world needs Jesus Christ. All of us. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with 90% of your heart. Trust in the Lord with 95% of your heart. Oh, I am so righteous today. Trust in the Lord with 99% of your heart. Man, nobody's better than me. Trust in the Lord with all. What does all mean? It means all. With all your heart and lean on some of your own understanding. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. There's how it works. Pretty simple now, isn't it? No. Well, the understanding of the story is yes, and he will direct your, your paths. Friends, I know it's a mess out there in the world today. I know it looks bad out there. Maybe you feel like you're absolutely drowning in problems, but right now I want to let you know you can make a course correction. You can turn, you can turn to Jesus Christ. Maybe to whoever is hearing me on the radio, or maybe you're in the room right now. Maybe you've never really given your life to Jesus, not like this. Maybe you have figuratively, you said a little prayer, abracadabra, and you thought you were good, but you're finding out it's not really going well. Here's your shot. You can give your life to Jesus for real. 
You've been trying to be good enough your whole life. That's not working. You're starting to discover that your best is not good enough. You're tired. You're worn out. And it just feels like everything and everybody is against you. Friend, it's time to make a course correction and turn to Jesus and then remove your hands from those oars and get out of the boat and walk. You won't need that boat anymore. Stop trying to do things your way all the time. You hadn't solved it yet, and you're wondering why you haven't fixed it? Why has God not taken this problem away from me me yet? It's because he's perfecting his power in you. He's trying to burn the pride out of you to where you finally get on your knees and say, I need a Savior. You are the Son of God. When are you going to let him take over? You can do it right now. you got a death grip on your sin, pride somewhere in your life you won't let go of. And while you feel like you're waiting on Jesus, he's probably actually waiting on you. Like we saw in this story, Jesus was close by. He's not far away. He's even watching you go through this, t- this trial the whole time. And Jesus said, come, I'll give you rest. Well, Ray, I already got out of the boat. I already gave my life to, to Jesus, but I'm still having trouble. Then perhaps during your walk, think of Peter, maybe during your walk, maybe somewhere you got distracted on the waves. He's already out of the boat. He already left his oars. Yay. But during the walk, his focus got off, didn't it? He started concentrating on the problem. Colossians 3.2, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. That's people telling me, Ray, well, you got to know what's happening down here. You're going to get in trouble. I'm like, no, you got to know what's happening up there or you're going to get in trouble down here. (laughs) They cried out to Jesus. Trials are designed to bring us to this place with God. Truly, you're the Son of God. He cried out to Jesus. He immediately stretched out his hands and caught him. So, friends, if you have a trial in your life, you're struggling against the flow. You've been at it for a long time. But Jesus just doesn't seem to be doing anything about it. How about you switch from looking at the problem to looking where Jesus is? How about you switch from looking to what's been taking a long time to the immediacy? We saw all night. And we saw immediate. Which do you want? I want the immediate. Then stop thinking of the problem. You need to get your mind on Jesus. You need to pursue him. You need to study his word. You need to find out who he says he is. Cry out to Jesus. Cry out to Jesus. Don't just sit there, okay, Ray, yeah, thanks, Jesus. No, you need to cry out like you mean it. Like I'm in trouble. I'm realizing I can't fix this. I'm in bad trouble. Oh, Lord God, please help me. That's a cry out, not just Jesus come my life, thank you, amen. That's what most people do when they think they're saved. They're in trouble. They're the Matthew 7 Christian. Oh, here we are. Depart, I never knew you, he'll say. Psalm 34 and 15 says, The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. I want you to look at Jesus more than the problem. But God is perfecting his strength among the nations right now. This is not a scary time to live, friends. I know it looks like it. This is an exciting time to be alive because of all the trouble that's going on out there. God is pressuring everybody to turn. You realize we're going to see more people turn and come to Jesus. There are going to be more salvations being handed over to the Lord God than there has ever been in the entirety of human history that we get to watch happen. So don't look at the trouble out there and go, oh, no. Look out there and go, oh, yes. People are going to turn. It's exciting. Say, oh, Lord, you're perfecting your power. We need to remember that he died for it. 
Jesus died for our salvation. And I know that handing everything off to Jesus makes about as much sense as stepping off a boat in a bad storm. But that's exactly what Peter did. 1 Corinthians 1.18, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. We need to start thinking a little backwards from most of the world. Oh, you can do it. You're fine. No, you're not. Your best is, oh, you just apply your mind to it. You can accomplish anything. No, you can't. Your best ain't good enough. We need a Savior. And I hope that some of you are getting burned out thinking, now I know why I'm going through this. Now I understand why I'm getting burned out. Now you can give your life to Jesus with a cry out for real. That's why we cry out to the Lord Jesus the way we do. You are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah, Jesus died on the cross to redeem you. And I want to ask, do you actually believe that? If you believe that, then never allow those storms to bother you ever again. Keep your eyes on Messiah Jesus. Father, I'm going to pray, Lord, now for anybody in the room who may not have given their life over. Maybe they thought they did. Maybe they, oh, I could have sworn I did, but I don't know now. Lord, let's take care of that right now. Anybody in the room or anybody hearing me on, on the radio, this story is you. You're struggling. You're pushing. You're not seeming like you're getting out of it anytime soon. That's because he's waiting on you to turn. So pray this with me, and according to the word of the Lord, you will be saved for real this time. You won't have to think you were. Pray with me. And you've got to mean this. I can't pray this for you. You have to mean this. Father, I blow it. I am a sinner beyond measure. I have done you so wrong. I have prided myself. I am such a great Christian. And now I realize it doesn't mean a thing because it was all focused on me. Lord, I got to focus on you. I'm the sinner. You're not. I messed up. You didn't. And you died in my place and you didn't even have to. Father God, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Forgive this sinner for what he has done. I thank you, Lord, for coming to die in my place. You didn't even have to do it. You could have just looked at me and said, you blew it, son. Too bad for you. But you came anyway. For that, I declare you are the son of God. Forgive me. I've tried to save myself. I just wanted to rack up my list of all the wonderful things I've done. But Lord, I've got this big problem in my life that won't go away. Why? I now realize, Lord, that you waiting on me to finally get right with you for real this time. Lord, I give you my life. All of it. Take it. I'm letting go of my oars. I'm stepping out of the boat. I'm going to walk away from the whole life I used to live. I am gone from there. I leave my experience behind. I leave my everything I thought I could do to be good enough. I'm walking away from every bit of it. And I'm going to put myself in your care. And I'm going to keep my eyes on you. Thank you. Thank you that it's not up to me. Because if you made my salvation up to me, I'd have blown it again. You are my Savior. I give you my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed that prayer for real, you got saved right here, right now.
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.